Hey everyone, welcome to the studio. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Reverend Tashid's Talks. This is the third and final episode in our Out of Context series. If this is your first time, a very special welcome to you. I'm your host, Reverend Tashi Campbell. Always a pleasure to remind you that a good God can do great things in your life. Of course, joining me today is my co-host, Mr. Wayne Plummer, and you will hear him very shortly. So the Out of Context series has been thought-provoking and interesting, to say the least. And uh, interestingly, I hope that you have been, you know, you have been challenged I hope that you have been challenged. Hi, Wayne. Thank you so much for hanging with me. <laughs> so it's my pleasure. All right. Welcome. So, you know, we're just getting started and, you know, the out of context series has been one that, uh, you know, I know that persons have been thinking about other verses that they have been wondering, could this be one of those verses that they use out of context too? You know, I had a message from someone who asked me about Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. You know, that was, that was an interesting conversation. But needless to say, this is the third and final in our series. And maybe later on when we assess, we could probably do a few more verses, but this would be the final one for now. And... We are going to be looking today at another interesting scripture. So I'm asking everyone to grab your Bibles, your notepads, and your pen or pencil. And today we will be looking at Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Matthew 7, verse 1. Ah, would you like to read that for us, Wayne? <laughs> sure. Okay, Matthew 7, verse 1 says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. That's right. Short, to the point, and very, very relevant for our time. And as a matter of fact, you know, considering this verse, this is perhaps the most misused verse. That's what a lot of commentators have said and Indeed. other you know, authors that is perhaps the most misused or one of the most misunderstood scripture verses. And I'm going to say of the 21st century, you know, so right away in this episode what we want to do is to kind of talk about how have we heard this verse being used out of context well um to back up what you said about the commentators one com commentator opined that this verse is perhaps better known in our 21st century um, time than john three sixteen. 
most widely used but um yes. as to how i've heard it used it's interesting to note that most people just quote don't judge full stop and they mm -hmm. never complete the verse more often than not it is used in a context where somebody is somebody wants to say that you don't have any authority any to to um, to disapprove of any action right. any lifestyle or anything they may be involved in that you don't have the authority to judge them you can mm -hmm. you don't have the authority to say what they're doing is wrong or right and mm -hmm. this is not restricted to only non-christians because uh christians also use this verse to as one commentator says, as a shield against sin. Wow. Wow. That is true. And uh, I, you know, earlier we had a conversation and we spoke about that kind of a spectrum on which mm -hmm. the verse exists in terms of its usage, that mm -hmm. there are persons on either extreme, those who just say judge not, don't judge, and they don't complete the verse, and then right. there are those who they would complete the verse, but then in listening to them, there is some misunderstanding and misapplication as well. So Definitely. I want to share with our audience some popular quotes that, uh, you know, we would have heard or maybe familiar with in this in recent times that uh, have been inspired by Matthew 7 verse 1. So one of one such quote is, before you judge me, make sure that you're perfect. If you're not, then shut up. Yeah, that's, yeah I've heard that too. Yes. And interestingly, there's another quote from Bob Marley. They say it's from Bob Marley. So those who are you know, into Bob Marley's music, they may have heard it before. It was new to me personally. But okay, <laughs> who are you to judge the life I live? I know I'm not perfect and I don't live to be. But before you start pointing fingers, make sure your hands are clean. I think um, Bob Marley has a song entitled Judge Not. So it may be um, that quotation may be from that song. Okay. So it's, from the, it's from the earlier Bob Marley before the, he became famous. All right. So that was one of the quotes that I saw in my reading. Another one, unless you've lived my life, you can't judge me. Okay. <laughs> that and one sounds I, like it's coming from um, somebody who was really offended at being quote-unquote judged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And and another one says, never judge someone without the whole, without knowing the whole story. You may think you understand, but you don't. Okay. And the, the, then I have just one more quote that I, that, that, that I saw in my reading. As a matter of fact, this is one that I heard from, you know, a very popular preacher, televangelist who shall remain nameless. And the quote says, I'm not here to judge. I'm here to love. God is love. Don't judge others. Okay. Yeah. So this whole idea of not judging and the, the, the verse itself 
is one that is well known and it seems to be a, a staple in or in popular culture nowadays. And as you would have mentioned, the how is if we ask the question, how is Matthew 7 verse 1 used out of context? Well, one, I have never heard anyone mention the other verses after part after verse one. Mm-hmm. I don't think the other, the, the average person who uses that judge not uh, verse knows what comes next, you know, but it, it is used as a defense for sin. Yes. Quote unquote. And this is, this is what one commentator said. It's, you know, to justify sinful lifestyle used as a barrier to keep others away and out of one space. In other words, out of one's business. That's really mm-hmm. what it is used for. And yes. you mentioned being used as a shield for sin. So usually mm-hmm. when a person you know, is living a particular way and they don't want to be accountable, they don't want to be they, they don't want to be held accountable to any standard, any boundaries, any moral boundaries, then this is one of the, the go-to verses, mm-hmm. you know? But a closer look at the context of Matthew 7, verse 1, and the teachings of the rest of Scripture will, will, will show us that there's really a serious challenge with uh, using this verse to substantiate unrestrained behavior and you know autonomy and independence and just a total disregard for any kind of boundary or accountability you know and that's what we want to to look at and as a matter of fact jesus was explicitly rebuking the hypocrisy of the pharisees because they were very quick to point out what everybody else was doing wrong, but they were reluctant to hold themselves accountable and to deal with the sin that was that was in their life. Right. You know? So I want to read Matthew 7, verse 1 through to 5. And of course, we know that the broad context is that this is a continuation of the Sermon on the Mount, which started in chapter five. Mm, Yes. And we would have been in chapter six last week. And in chapter six, you know, Jesus started out by talking about be careful how you practice your righteousness in front of other people. If it is a case where you want to be seen, then you have already been rewarded. You know, you've already received your reward. God is not going to be doing anything extraordinary for you because you want to be seen and you're seen, that's it for you. But when you do what you are doing in, in, in private, for example, giving to the needy, giving to the poor, and he spoke about prayer and fasting, if you're doing it to be seen, if you're doing it to be glorified in yourself, then this is something that God is not pleased with. So, you know... The, the, the broad context is um, the Sermon on the Mount, and we can look at everything that Jesus spoke about, and it led to this part right here. Yes. So here in chapter 7 now, I'm going to read verse 1 through to 5. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, 
it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. Mm -hmm. And I could read verse 6 too. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under feet and turn and tear you, tear you to pieces. pieces. Mm -hmm. This is the word of the Lord. What, what do you think about that, Wayne? What are your thoughts on, on this whole, you know, judge not within its context now? Well, um, I agree with you. It is set, it's still a continuation of the Sermon on the Mount. And it's, um, Christ was basically showing the Pharisees how hypocritical they were. You mentioned um, how they, when they fasted, how they contorted their face. When they're giving alms, um, they make sure everybody know what they were doing and they're praying in public, etc. So he was speaking about their hypocrisy and they, their righteousness was based on the things that they do in public. One commentator says that righteous acts were performed to get approval from others. Mm -mm. Wow. Right? So they were doing mm -hmm. the righteous acts to get come right. And really, and then they, as religious leaders, they were looking for opportunities to condemn those that they didn't see as being sufficiently pious. So the wow. Pharisees, being the teachers of the law, they were they did these showy acts of righteousness, and then they were condemning others who were not doing the same thing. So that's how the judge not came in. They were actually not only disapproving; they were passing judgment as if they were God. Oh, okay. Who is righteous and who is unrighteous? Yeah, and you know, right on the heels of that, I want to make clear to our audience um, what it means, what we mean when we talk about judge. The, the Greek word there is krino, and it's pretty much talking about make, distinguishing between right and wrong. So it is to distinguish or decide whether mentally or judicially. Because interestingly, there have been instances to where the judgment is one that is passed within a kind of a court of law. So that's yes. where the judicial uh, nature of it comes. So it implies, you know, a trial, a condemnation, a punishment, as you said. And, mm -hmm. you know, another, another statement to clarify judging could be to pronounce an opinion concerning right and wrong. So it is something, and I found it interesting when I, when I, you know, examined, when I looked in the, in the Bible dictionary for the, the word, the, the Greek lexicon, that it said mentally or judicially. And I thought yeah. to myself, some persons really pass judgment in their mind too. Yes. And, and, and it is, it is important to note because Jesus made it clear that you know, this righteousness of God and purity of lifestyle is also applicable to the mind. Mm -hmm. 
and that is why you know in in other instances as a matter of fact maybe right there in the sermon on the mount too he would have mentioned if you hate your brother you know then you've already committed murder, murder. in your heart and yes. if you look upon a woman and lost, you've already committed Come adultery in the heart. So, yeah. you know, the, the, the heart or your mental faculties, those are important too. Purity begins in the mind, or at least it mm -hmm. should be applicable to the mind. And it is. Indeed. So to pronounce judgment, really. So it, it goes on to, to talk about passing judgment on the deeds and words of others. So this is the kind of context within which, so as you have said, these persons were not willing to be, to be held accountable to the same standard that they were using and they were looking to condemn persons. Yeah. Yes, so the, the thing is no, for math, in Matthew 7 verse one, that says, do not judge or you too will be judged. Jesus did not intend to prohibit all acts of judgment because I think in our culture, persons believe that, oh, you know, if, if, I, if you're passing judgment on someone, they think that you're sinning. Yeah. But as we have said before, and we have to keep saying it, that Jesus was really condemning the hypocrisy of the, of, of the them, Pharisees. Right, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees passing judgment on anybody else. And I want to be very deliberate to point out that uh, elsewhere in scripture, we are commanded as believers to discern the actions of others, a.k.a. past judgment. Mm. Let's look at uh, Matthew 7, same chapter, verse 15, just further down. Yes. In verse 15, it says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. That there is a call to make uh, a judgment or to discern what is false and what are what is of God and what is not. Yeah, to distinguish, yeah. Right, so, so that's one. And then in Matthew chapter 18 as well, and, you know, those in our listening audience can write these down to look at it later on. In Matthew chapter 18 from verse 15, it says, Matthew, oh, I mean, I'm looking for it. Matthew 18. 18 and 15? Mm. Yes. Have you found it? If your brother sins, uh, sins against yes. you? Yes, yes. You can go ahead and read it. 15 okay, through to 20. 20. It says, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, Treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound, will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Do you want me to continue? You can stop there. 
And I'll just encourage others to, to read that. But, but notice, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. Mm-hmm. Now, wow, if we do this today, it is such a serious problem. <laughs> you know, it is such a serious problem. Nobody wants anybody to do that with them, really. Well, a lot of people, I would let me not say nobody, because maybe there are a few who are okay with it. But the point is that Jesus did not prohibit all acts of judgment at all. What he condemned is the hypocritical judgment that focusing on the fault of others while excusing, you know, their your, your own sins. And, and I want to, yes. There's also John 7, 24 to bolster the Re- point yes. that um, mm-hmm. But as you correctly stated, God is Jesus is not against um, uh, people uh, assessing people's behavior and making a, a decision as to whether it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. What he's what against is unfairly judging someone, and as you said, judging somebody by a stand by one standard and judging yourself by another standard. So right, in, in, um, right. in Saint in John Saint John twenty four, he says. St. John 7, 24. 24 says, stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. That's right. And that's the word. Mm. Yes. I I would have mentioned that later on. Thank you. And that you are right. Yeah, man. Good. Mm. So so it is important for us to recognize that, hey, if we're going to judge, we must do it right. You know? And and in verse 2, of Matthew 7, just looking at it, Jesus warned that those who use a harsh standard of judgment when evaluating others, God will treat them the same way. Mm-hmm. And so it is important for us to be careful how we are doing this thing. And then he moves on to talk about that speck of sawdust, which represents a small fault. And then the plank or the beam of wood, which represents a major moral fault. So those who correct the minor faults of others without attending to their own more serious faults are hypocrites. Yes, play actors. So believers, believers, we do have a responsibility to help one another repent of sins, but only after first dealing with our own serious sin. And I mean, I want to, I want for us to go into some examples of this issue here. But before we do that, Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 mm-hmm. says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, which means that they have yielded to temptation, they have given in to temptation, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. And you know, that that verse really spoke to me because so many times as Christians, when we are fault finding, and that's not hard to do because none of us are perfect. But yeah. sometimes we are very, we're not, we're less than gentle. We're not gentle at all in pointing out the, you know, the, the misgivings of other persons. Oh, and sometimes we, we, apart from not being gentle, we totally forget about, you know, our own 
faults in that particular era sometimes and in other areas. And I think, you know, when if we are to put into right perspective the fact that we have been forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ and we mm-hmm. should be eager at least if it's hard for us to do, which it is so many times, we should be eager to say, Holy Spirit, help me to extend this same kind of grace and mercy that you've extended to me to others. Yes. You know, and that is, so it's not a matter of not calling out the sin of other people because sometimes we have to do that as believers, yes. as we, oh. we, we execute God's mission on the earth and his mandate. We will have to tell others sometimes that look here what you're doing is wrong this is not right but then yes. we have to do it in love mm-hmm. and we have to not we we must not be hypocritical with it yes and condemnatory um the commentators all speak about the condemning nature that you have to have the right attitude you can't mm-hmm. have an arrogant attitude taking the place of God, one commentator says. Right. Um, yeah. So, examples. And the first example I want to use is one that I read somewhere. This is not from personal experience, although I can think of some, I can I can imagine that this is quite real, but this is something I read somewhere. So it's borrowed just in case anybody mm-hmm. in the audience would have read this before I heard about it, but this is one example. So the one that I saw spoke about a father and his teenage daughter. Now this father says to his daughter, the daughter wants to go out and he says to his daughter, you cannot dress you know, you cannot leave the house scantily clad. You have to, you know, cover yourself and be modest and dress and look like a nice, you know, attractive young lady without showing too much skin and, you know, all of that. So you have to cover up, but while Sounds still like looking... like a typical, a typical protective father. Right. What mm. a, yes, typical protective father. So he's speaking to his daughter like that. And... Uh, no soon and you know he gives her this talk about what men think and you know if she dresses a particular way what is going to what 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 is going to go through the minds of men because he's a man and he's been around he's been around so he knows what he's talking about (laughs) but no sooner than his daughter leaves the house you know, um, he sits behind his computer and begins to view pornography and, you know, other ladies uh, scantily clad and and the women in his life, he doesn't extend the same kind of standard to to the women he's involved with, has been involved with or what he is watching. Now, the question is, if his daughter were to find out that this is something that her father is involved in or, you know, would she think it's a double standard and would, what would be the effect that it has on, on her listening to him and uh, being obedient to his wishes or complying with his wishes. So this was one of the examples that I thought it was so interesting because, you know, they, it spoke to, a, a kind of a double standard one and an hypocrisy on the part of the father in that he's holding his own daughter to a standard 
that he yeah. himself is not willing to, you know, to, 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 he's not consistent with that standard across the board. Similar to the Pharisees, do what I say, but not what I do. Right. And, you know, other examples, for example, you know, somebody, you hear a Christian hears another Christian cursing and really saying some things that, uh, you know, should not be, is not befitting of a Christian. And you call them one side and you talk to them about the cursing that they're doing and saying, no, you, you know, you know, you talk to them. And then as soon as that is finished, you go and you start gossiping with somebody else about whatever. So cursing on the one hand, gossiping on the other hand, it's all, you know, unwholesome talk that the Bible speaks about. So, you know, so so that too is another form of of hypocrisy in, in, you know, making an assessment, calling out a person on what they are doing, and then you are not holding yourself to that standard either. Yes. Right. So those are just some examples. I don't know if you thought of any, Wayne, examples of how this verse is used out of context or how persons can really be hypocritical in in their use of this. No, I don't. I don't. Okay. The only thing, I, I don't have any specific examples, but I do notice that if people were really against judging, you would notice mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. the only time they have a problem with what they term judging is when the your the, your comment is negative. If, if they're yeah. really against judging, then even when it is positive, they should have an they should have an issue with that because to yeah. come to conclusion, you have to you have to decide way up, compare, and then decide if this is compatible with the standard morality standard that you're working with. All right, that is so true because if they, if the assessment is positive, we're good with that. You know, if mm-hmm. persons are prepared to agree with you, even though they are passing a judgment, yes. then that's fine. But mm-hmm. if it doesn't agree, then you know, and that is that is the rhetoric of popular culture today, and yes. and and certain communities of people. You know, so we as Christians, we have to be so mindful. And the bottom line, I think, in all of this discussion is that we should stop judging others in a hypocritical way and get the sin out of our own lives first. Yep. Mm -hmm. If we are struggling in the same area, then we really have no moral authority, especially. And as you, you keep mentioning being condemning, I think that is the key thing there. You know, the tone, if you are being condemning and if you're also giving the impression that you have it all together in this area and you don't. Which is exactly what the Pharisees were doing. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, just to summarize and for us to conclude, Jesus did not say that we have no right to make moral judgments about human behavior. He also did not say that we have no right to hold others accountable. And he did not uh, condemn mutual accountability and moral responsibility and the need to address sin in the church. What Jesus was addressing was hypocrisy. That's what he was addressing. 
And at the end of the day, he didn't say never judge. He warned that there is a consequence for 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 doing for doing so hypocritically. Yeah. And and I think persons who are going to use this judge not verse, they should consider the instructions that come right after. Because what Jesus did was to show us the proper way to use yes. judgment. And yes, he actually indeed. taught right judgment. As you said, do mm. not uh, in John 7, 24, that we shouldn't judge by appearances, but we must judge correctly. So hypocritical or shallow judgment is wrong. Yep, that's what it says. Yeah, hypocritical. So do you have any final words that you want to leave with our audience? I just like the what the commentator says that, um, it's a repeat of what you just said, that the verse does not teach that God's people should never express an understanding of the difference between right and wrong. In a crystal clear statement, Jesus teaches in John 7, 24, that his followers must be careful to make right judgments instead of judging others by external appearances. So there it is. You're not forbidden from making judgments as long as you're doing it with the right motive and you're not being hypocritical and such uh, condemning others while holding up yourself as a standard. Because indeed, only God has the authority to condemn any person. Amen. Right. And I want to close with this particular, with a similar passage of scripture from Luke chapter 6. I just like how Luke puts it. And I will read it, Luke chapter 6, verse 37 through to 42. And it says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye. You hypocrite! First take the plank out of your eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This is the word of the Lord. We honor it by saying thanks. Thanks be to God. That's our talk for this evening. Thanks to my co-host, Wayne Plummer, for stopping by. I trust that you've been challenged. If you'd like to be on the Rev TC Views mailing list, by the way, please send us an email at revtcviews, that's revtcviews at gmail.com. 
you will be kept in the know whenever there's going to be a live show and other events as well. Thank you for keeping me company. Until next time, I'm your host, Reverend Tashi Campbell.